Thanking rights. Live from Spank Hall, it's Spanking Rights. Spank Hall? Spank Hall. What, do you have a, a theater that we should have our podcast in? What should be our unofficial name? Uh, we should be in every theater that will accept us as a live show. From every theater <laughs> everywhere, it's Spanking Rights. Yes. A turkey. <laughs> Which is funny because we actually have no live shows planned because you don't listen to us enough. Sorry, listener. Oh, my Whoa. gosh. Oh, Shots fired up listener. Let's start it out by insulting the listener. Yeah. That's a great That's, idea. That'll get more listeners. Everybody needs to like and comment on us on Spotify to help boost us and on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Spanking Rights. We actually have a lot of new content lately. Um, because we are releasing episodes and we are traveling, and which coincidentally is what we're here to talk to you about today. Woo! Huzzah! We have come from the land of the salty lakes. The land of the lakes that <laughs> are think, salty. I think there's only one lake. And it's not even a land, it's a lake. It's Salt Lake City. But we were there watching the World Cup bouldering competition there, the stop that it made through there. So we're going to chat about that for a while because we're nerds about climbing and we want to do so. And we figured we'd also tie it into how couples will travel together. That's always a big test. The first major test is, oh, can you handle a road trip together? Well, and we did it as a four pole, so we'll tell you how it went. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it was about, what, eight, almost nine hours to get there. How did, how did we all feel on the, on the road? Um, I mean, I did most of the driving. Uh, I offered. But I did it. So. You didn't let me. <laughs> He's taking all the glory. <laughs> Well, I was, I got into the zone when you get into that driving zone where you can just focus and just kind of lose yourself in a podcast like ours, mm -hmm. potentially. <laughs> in fact, we did listen to ours just as uh, we like to try to quality control and see what we can do better. Yes. For instance, we say like way too many times. So I'm making a very conscious note not to say like, like all the time, like, like, like the vibe, right? Like, <laughs> Everything yeah. about like the general totally. vibe and like, like stuff. <laughs> We're not so, from the valley. Yeah. It's called air checking yourself to hear yourself back and see what sounds good, what sounds like sensor, beep, we're here. I should have <laughs> offered to drive first out of Salt Lake City into Wyoming instead of having you start the drive so that you didn't get into that headspace and you didn't feel like you had to take all of that on. I think you did offer, but I just wanted I to did. drive. I think three times. I was I would, in the zone. I would like to say Johnny also did the same thing on our road trip. <laughs> I think men just like to drive. We like, like our to, cars. I don't well, know. Once like, you get in that zone, though, it's just But it's, it's amazing. my car, and you were giving me so much anxiety this weekend. <laughs> That's not true. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is not true? Well, well, that well, you weren't, that it wasn't my just, car, or that you weren't giving me anxiety? Part of it, okay, there was a few factors <laughs> to consider. One is that Salt Lake drivers, no offense, are terrible. All the uh, offense. They, I've got cut off so many times and people were in and out of lanes. Uh, and then there was a part where we went under an underpass. And the more I thought about it, because you were freaking out as we went into underpass and then back <laughs> up around. And the light let was Let him red. tell the story first, then no, you can rebuttal. No. <laughs> so the, the light is green because it stops traffic all the way across. So you can go right back onto the highway, which is what we did. You can U-turn back onto the highway yeah. without yeah. stopping? Because when we were turning, I was like, oh my God, that light is red. 
Now, if it wasn't red, they would have been coming. So anyway, if it wasn't, if it was red, we would have been dead. We had the green arrow to go, but there's an addition. There, it's a weird intersection. It's if those Salt are Salt Lake, improve your f- roads. Whoa. Sassy McSassy pants dropped. Right Long story short, uh, lots of bad drivers could, and there's just some weird intersections at the, in Salt Lake. So I would like to say in my own defense, I feel I'm a really good driver. You are I, a really good driver. I mean, in in perspective of there being Joseph drove the I think it was about eight hours home and I think he drove um four and a half of the hours there. There was only four incidents where I was oh maybe five because he tried to turn on the one way the wrong way twice. That was more of a joke, by the way. <laughs> no, you did that it was, as that a was bit. pretty funny. Well, no, there was it was twice where you the first time you turned on a one way and I was like, Joseph, that's a one way. And then the second time I said, You can't turn there, that's a one way. And then the <laughs> third time you did it as a joke. Also, in my an, another defense, there was someone else who did the same thing because we heard beeping, like honking at the brick uh the B and B that we were at because somebody was going on the wrong way. That's true. Oh, we we wow. did we did watch them drive the wrong direction on the Wow, apparently that was a confusing street. It was confusing. Apparently, Salt Lake, Salt Salt Lake, that Salt Lake City and their drivers need to step up because my friend who lives there as well said that it's very common for them to at the stop sign or stop light to just go into the crosswalk like it's no big deal. Usually, you stop at the line and then creep in just to see your turn, but they'll just forego all of that. Going back on the whole, I feel like you did a really good job and I was really grateful that you drove pretty good in consideration <laughs> for the fact we were driving in a city that I've never been to before. And it's your car too. So it's just added it is. like you're thing you're worried about your own car. That I is get it. that is also true where it's, you know, I'm usually in control of my vehicle and I wasn't. Some backseat driving comes up. Yes. Well we can talk a little bit about some of the stuff that we did in Salt Lake outside of the climbing. Like the yes. Um. Okay. Um. Uh, I want to say everything at once. The first day we went on a really, really nice hike. Um. Just a short little one to a waterfall, and um, that was really nice to get out into nature, breathe some fresh air. Have I don't think we've ever actually been on a hike the four of us together, which is surprising because we're all living in Colorado. But we met during COVID and no one was doing anything. But we probably could have gone on a hike. Hiking would be, be the one thing that everybody could do abundantly <laughs> during COVID. So Johnny's that's a little a fa- salty. That's a, I, I am salty because <laughs> I moved to Colorado to get out more. And I say multiple times that, like, why don't we go into the mountains more and do stuff? Because we're playing volleyball too much and we're doing all this other stuff. And all. then a, half a year passes by and we're like, <laughs> I haven't gone to Breckenridge yet. What's, what's the matter with me? We have gone to Breckenridge. Not. The proverbial me back six months ago. (laughs) Past Johnny. Past Johnny. Johnny I know we've been there before. (laughs) I've been to Colorado before I even moved out here. But But anyway, it was a really nice hike. um, Very similar to Colorado hikes. It was a little rainy, but not too rainy. So there was some mud on the trail. I wanted Um, the penguin slide down, except there's rocks all over the trail. So it wouldn't have worked, but that would have been fun. Just a great way to start the trip. Um, so good, good, um, choice on that hike, friends, Alyssa and Joseph, they picked it out for us. Joseph picked it out. I did. Uh, for those Salt Lake folks, it is in Big Cottonwood Canyon, Canyon, and it was Donut Falls. Donut Falls. Donut Falls. There were no donuts involved. Very unfortunately, I was hoping for a, like, circular with all of the 
waterfalls falling inside the circle, like the donut hole. And it, it we it was not that. It's weird because I saw pictures of that where you saw you were in a cave and you saw the waterfall come down into the cave, but we didn't see that. So I don't know. Maybe we went a different way or something. Maybe. There were a bunch of chipmunks though that were fat like they were eating donuts. Zing. <laughs> don't feed the wildlife. <laughs> don't give a chipmunk a donut. If you give a chipmunk a donut, what happens? Then it asks for a coffee. If it asks for coffee, <laughs> what's the give a mouse a cookie book? I'm trying. Yeah, to, then he I'm asks, trying to riff one right. Gets now. a glass of milk. So if you give a chipmunk a donut, they ask for a coffee. A coffee. <laughs> and that accent specifically. He's coffee. Like, all right, give me a coffee. Except all the coffee in Salt Lake was so weak. Apparently, Mormons are not allowed to drink coffee. They think it's strong because they haven't had it their whole life, and then. Once they rebel and they start having coffee, like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> it, it was, it didn't even taste like coffee. The first place we tried, then a couple places later after we learned. Yeah, we, we tried, um, I think, three different coffee shops. And the first one was cute. It was super cute. It was such a cute concept. Um, but the coffee tasted like milk and that was it. It didn't have any flavor of coffee at all. We were like, but, nice try. The next two, I learned my lesson and I asked for extra shots of espresso so that it would taste like coffee. And it did. So crank it up in Salt Lake City. Just be a, if, you, if you find yourself there, just know that their coffee, you're going to need three shot minimum. Exactly. Um, but the second thing we did that I thought was really cool was we went to see um, or to a dueling piano bar, which I didn't even know was a thing until... You guys introduced it to me. You were pretty adorable because the whole time you're there, like, okay, so they're going to play the songs. And then. She didn't think they sang. Yeah, you didn't know they were going to sing. You just thought it was like silent, like just karaoke piano. Like they just play the whole time. Everyone just stays quiet. It's just a hotel lobby with two pianos playing, (laughs) clashing against each other. I mean, I guess I just grew up with my dad taking me to symphonies and stuff and being like, this is cool. You should enjoy it. I thought it was going to be kind of like the Pitch Perfect riff off where they would piano play and then somebody would p- and then the uh, dueling piano would pick up on that note and play a new song and it would go back and forth that way. I was not at all prepared for what actually happened in the piano bar. Yeah, it was kind of like um, a bidding war on what songs were played. You'd um, throw down your song suggestions and slap $50 on there. For hopefully... You're a big wig. <laughs> You're a big wig. And hopefully they would play your music. We got a lot of raunchy songs. I didn't know I needed to know WAP on the <laughs> piano sung by a man until I was in the middle of a song with a wet floor sign on the pianos and a man uh, singing WAP. I had no idea that that was something I needed in my life. That's um, just good entertainment. I mean, let's be it real. Was, it was very good. He, I mean, the most impressive thing to me about it was... They have to learn so much about like pop culture and old old timey culture as well and just know have such a great background on music in general and then have to come up with piano accompaniments on the fly pretty much. I'm sure they have some sort of app or something yeah, in front they, of them, but they typically have a tablet or something on their keyboard that'll show the key that's th- that the song's in and any musician who's played for a very long time usually can just pick a key and just start jamming and they know the song loosely enough. And so they'll just semi pick the rhythm that's needed for it. But not, I mean, I'm talking about it like it's simple. It's not simple at all. It takes a lot of talent and skill yeah. and creativity, but no, they were really great. I would highly recommend a 
Dueling Piano Bar for those of you that are Dueling Piano curious. <laughs> yep. I mean, it was basically like a live concert um, with pianos, which aren't really around so much anymore either. It's a kind of a... Um, They're killing all the pianos. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't want to say a dying. The ozone layer. <laughs> Not um, a dying instrument, but. Yeah, one thing that was really cool is I've been to dueling pianos probably three or four times, and this is the first time that I've seen a woman perform, and she killed it. It was amazing how well. And it, it was cool, too, because there's a lot of songs that maybe a man wouldn't want to do or wouldn't be as good. And like she, WAP. Like, well, she which didn't was even funny. do WAP. Yeah, which is funny. <laughs> well, I'm saying, but I'm just saying for the, like, the gender flip, I guess. Right. Well, she did, uh, I Will Survive, um, you know, a lot of strong female vocal songs, and she just blew it away. And and the piano, she was amazing at the piano as well. It was really cool. And this time they had three different people, which is unusual. Usually it's just the two guys just jamming all night. And they kind of just rotated in different pairs and stuff. Go for five hours straight, though. You need a little break. Yeah, I mean, those pipes got to be exhausted by the end. And they were, like, belting it out. Even her partner was like, ooh, sis, you got some pipes tonight <laughs> yeah they were they were really amazing and she did uh super bass too which was the one that got me like Whoa. it's not a very uh you, you, when you think piano you don't think super bass so that was quite a rabbit out of the hat yeah she wrapped it like a beast again if you're in salt lake go to keys on main free shout out to them free advertisement they free didn't advertising they didn't even pay us for that we paid them we paid them <laughs> a lot because, of money. because my, my only gripe and that's more just a Victim of circumstance. It's nothing on the establishment. But early on, the first few songs, people were bidding $5 just to play their song. So I was like, okay, I'll up the ante and go $10. Ooh, I'm spending a lot of money here. (laughs) But then, like, immediately the curve just shot up to people spending $30, $35. (laughs) The highest one of the night was $55. And so as it was happening, I was like, I guess I'm not going to hear my song because it just got buried in a flood of 20s. What is it, Benjamin Franklin on the 20? Uh, Hamilton? Hamilton. What? I don't, I don't have, I don't care. I don't look at money anymore. Look, so, <laughs> but like, let's just say there's Benjamin blocking me. It's all about the Benjamins, as a band once said. It's true. But it, yeah, I, I never heard our, our song because it was just like, oh, ten, way long ago when I bid $10. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, was never going to happen. So get a pool of people, get like $40. And all agree on a song you want to hear, guaranteed you'll hear it that way. But. Maybe more than $40. That was just Salt Lake. I mean, the possibilities are endless in Denver. What if you were like in Hollywood or something? You're screwed. <laughs> thousands of dollars on a song. Oh, thousands. Oh. Get, you, get yourself a sugar It better daddy. be like Ray Charles playing or something. Yeah, if, somebody... if I'm going to bet $1,000 on a song, it better be Chopin. I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Mozart dropping his sick beats or something. It comes from back in time and <laughs> arrives at the I'm at the here. Theater. I'm here to duel. <laughs> <laughs> but well, he's like, huh? Because he can't hear. But was it Mozart that had trouble hearing? That we, we had this conversation on the way. <laughs> I think we did. Yes. It was a cool profession. Like, you'd mm. never think that that could be something like a viable career. But you're like, this is totally a viable career and like very niche thing. Like, imagine telling someone, oh, I play in a dueling piano bar. Be like, that's so freaking cool. Says the artist. Yeah. Wondering if if musicians can make a living. (laughs) No, I know they can. I mean, they were making like grand a night. We did the math. And if they were averaging, you know, $20, that's on average. Bare minimum of $20 a song. And they're playing 
like six songs an hour, their whole night, they're going to make $1,500 just in tips. And that's not including if they get paid a regular minimum salary wage on top of that. And if they split that three ways, that's $500 a night. And people were buying them drinks like the whole time. So good. Very cool. Maybe a lucrative <laughs> give. I mean, they don't do that every single night. There's no way you could sustain that. Your, your pipes need a little rest. You, you got blisters on your fingers. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. If you're play, if you're shredding hard enough, I you know the keys cut you. Maybe not like guitar strings, but I'm sure there's some chafing. Chafing. <laughs> I don't know. When I for the piano players out there, do you chafe when you play piano? Oh, let my us, hands are so chafed. When I played piano as a kid, I got to some of the more advanced portions. I played for a long time actually, and I never really picked it up or had a natural talent for it, which is probably why I hated it. But. My fingers, when I would get to the more advanced music, would get stiff and sore, almost like an arthritis, and it would hurt so much to play because of how stiff my fingers would get to having to hold them, like, in, almost in a claw the whole time, but like a spread-out claw. So I would agree that using them all the time would definitely hurt your hands. To wrap in a little bit of the relationships side of our show, my high school girlfriend went to Manhattan School of Music as a concert pianist, let's keep it rated PG. Let's not <laughs> run with jokes about pianists. We would never do that. Never. But uh, I don't know. She didn't seem to complain about hand problems. I don't know. There's probably <laughs> a conditioning to it. I don't, I'm not sure. Like I. This <laughs> <laughs> is getting worse. <laughs> I can't. Hand cramping with pianists. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I'm on fire tonight. That's <laughs> horrible. Kelly's. We're 12 year olds. But uh, shout out to that past relationship. Yay. Yay. How, did, how did we feel about spending so much time together? We spend so much time together throughout the week. We play volleyball together on Wednesdays and Thursdays. We climb usually all together once a week. And we all basically live together. And so what was it like for us to all spend kind of a lot of uninterrupted time together? Yeah, let's, let's go one by one. Uh, I'll go. go um, so <clears throat> for me, I didn't. I mean, sometimes when you hang out with people for a long time, uh, certain things get on your nerves or what have you, but I never felt that way at all. was totally, you know, enjoyed every minute. And we had lots of stuff to do, lots of activities. Uh, we didn't really sit in a room and play games or any sort of interaction between the four of us really that much. Which was very unlike us. Which is we're always unusual. playing board games. Yeah. Well, I so, think any moment we weren't in the Airbnb or any moment we were doing something else, and then we would come back. I think we just wanted to sit and relax for a bit, or squeeze in a power nap between semifinals and finals of the World Cup event. But right. yeah, so speaking for myself, I mean, I had a lot of fun and um, didn't mind driving. Like I said, I just got in the zone. So loved the trip. So something about the driver's seat is the most comfortable seat in the car, and you can just I don't know. I love also it. disagree. <laughs> also disagree. I. Dude, I I feel like, great in the driver's seat. I'm just like <laughs> I can adjust it the way I want, have everything set up. Never have never have gotten close to being car sick in the driver's seat. I don't love sitting in the driver's seat for an extended period of time because I get sciatica pain and it radiates down my legs and makes and everything just burns and hurts the whole time. Whereas if I'm in the passenger or in the back seat, I can sit cross legged or I can put one foot up or I can put both feet up or I can stretch one out for a small period of time or I can reach down and touch my toes. You can't really reach down and touch your toes while you're driving. But if I sit in the passenger seat, it's about four hours is about all I can stand. 
um, at a time before I have to get out of the car and stretch because I just end up in so much pain. I wonder if that's a female thing. Like my mom and I both have that same thing. Like after a while, my back really starts to hurt and my legs really start to hurt. Like you were saying, just radiates down. I wonder if it's our wide birthing hips or something. <laughs> <laughs> the angle of the hip plus the uh, viscosity of, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how viscosity got into this, but it could have something to do with it. Just a positioning. I don't know. But to wrap it back around, Izzy, what did you think about spending so much time together? Oh, I mean, overall, wonderful. Like, I, I love you guys. I love hanging out with you guys. Um, did not get upset with any one of you. It was just really, really chill. Um, I feel like we took adequate time to relax when we needed to, and often that was just going into our phones or when we got back to the Airbnb or sleeping. I would say I got a little drained at certain points, that, and that's just because I am someone who needs that those little sections of alone time. So I would say for our Oregon road trip, that's something I would do better is take little... Um, Go for a walk in the wilderness. Yeah, where it's just me with my own thoughts because I just had a lot to process from the day. So my head was really full. So I was having trouble like communicating myself correctly because I was just full um, the whole time. But the hike helped with that a bit. Um, sleeping, like naps helped with that. But I always forget to take alone time because I am extroverted and I actually get a lot of energy from socializing. But um, I actually need that alone time to process all of the socializing that has been had. <laughs> so um, for me, that would be the only thing that was kind of like unbalanced, I guess. But um, one thing I think that came out of it that was really positive is I just felt like I got a little bit closer to all of you, um, like you do when you go on a camping trip mm. or a longer extended period of time with someone. And we do kind of all live together. So I already have a certain amount of like living intimacy with you guys. But um, since we were kind of with each other nonstop, it was just like all four of us committing to a concession of activities all together for the whole trip. We scootered around the city and like, it was really, really fun to go watch the climbing finals with you and have all of us just do something as simple as lay in the grass and wait for finals to start. That was a really cute moment, I feel like. Okay. Johnny. Me. How did I feel about the trip? I had a good time. The only thing for me was I got really tired because usually on trips, I'm excited. We're doing a bunch of this stuff and I don't, sleep is not a concern of mine. We, we tried to sleep, we put everything in, but I, I just didn't sleep the greatest. So by the time we were watching the climbing competition on Sunday, I was very tired, but I can push through that. As long as we're moving, I can push through that and think, okay, like I'm having a great time. This is the day when we're recording this, it's the day we got after we got back from Salt Lake and I was tired at all day at work today. Just my body felt all of it, but uh, yeah, no, no one here caused any more aggravated tiredness on my end it purely was that I just didn't sleep that well tried to doze off in the car a bit since Joe the tank was driving the whole whole time and but I'm not great at sleeping in cars either so it just was like I may might have dozed off a bit but then my neck would hurt because I was just slumped over and being I think I agree with you Izzy it's like we just it was more concentrated 
friendship that we we have it anyway, but it just was like distilled. It was just distilled. <laughs> <laughs> it just it was moonshine. It was the moonshine of friendship. Eighty proof. I, if I had to put a metaphor to this, it's the moon moonshine of friendship. So, I had a grand time. I'm honestly so incredibly grateful for the three of you and to be able to travel with the three of you as well as we did this last weekend because it was the furthest Joseph and I have ever traveled together. Whereas Izzy and Johnny have traveled to Illinois and did that trip. And this is um, the furthest Joseph and I had gone before was four and four hours to Grand Junction. And so this was eight and a half, nine hours Mm -hmm. for Joseph and I. And on top of that, it was also eight and a half, nine hours with you two. And for me, I don't really love road trips, to be honest. I never really have. I would rather fly and get there sooner, enjoy more time in that city. But I felt comfortable with the three of you in a vehicle. Like I didn't have to entertain or talk the whole time and we could listen to podcasts or listen to music. And I think I read the entire ride home because Joseph was a tank and decided to drive. But when we needed time to be quiet with ourselves, we were quiet with ourselves and nobody pushed it. And nobody forced conversation and everyone was really willing to do things like go on a hike or we were really willing to, we're going to try this coffee shop today. Or we were willing to be like, oh, well, we're going to go hang out at the studio and we're going to, you know, learn about these new things. And we were all very flexible with each other. And I mean, honestly, my biggest frustration was Joseph's driving and it wasn't with either you, Izzy, or you, Johnny. And I think that that's just a relationship thing with Joseph and I, where I need to let go of some of that control feeling and just let Joseph have that control because it's, that's a personal pride issue that I need to work on. Um, but that was the only thing that I felt like super anxious about the entire trip. And I think that speaks to how much we've built a friendship over the past two years and built ourselves to be in a good place to take a trip like this or a trip like Oregon in the next few weeks to, be successful and enjoy ourselves and not get on each other's nerves or be like, I'm so tired. I'm pissy. <laughs> Cause I know that we were all exhausted yesterday and today. I saw huge bags in my eyes when I went to the bathroom and looked in the mirror once. I was oh. like, Oh my gosh, I look like death right now. Oh. I don't like, I'm glad nobody said anything at work. Cause no. I was just like, Oh my gosh. You were like, like, Good. They could have roasted me so hard for. You look fine now. Oh, oh well, thank you, babe. <laughs> you look just fine. Yeah. I was going to say, Alyssa, you touched on something, and I, I had the thought when we were driving home yesterday, because we were just quiet for a long time, I think partially because we all were really tired, but to your point of we didn't force any conversation, it's like we're cool to sit here and just relax and hear the hum of the road, and if somebody if something comes to mind, we'll talk about it, but I don't need to just be like, ah, that rock over there, eh? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? All right. <laughs> I think it speaks to how close the four of us have become as a family unit, just being with each other and doing life together. And sometimes doing life together doesn't mean talking. Unfortunately, listener, you have to listen to our podcast while we talk about not talking. <laughs> Very uh, conceptual here. Yeah, spanking yeah. rights. <laughs> intimate. We get intimate about how we don't talk about things. Intimate. That's the best form of intimacy, though, is that you can sit with each other and I think a lot of people can be uncomfortable with silence, but we're well beyond that stage, the four of us. We can just be sitting and hanging out, and some people think something's wrong or something's going on. It's just, no, I got, there's just nothing on my mind. And 
is you might have mentioned that to me too at times, thinking like he's silent right now. Something must be going on. What's he? What's <laughs> going, like? Why is he upset about? It? I was just like my mind is literally blank right now. <laughs> man, I wish I, I was a man. I have nothing to. <laughs> Classic. I think Jerry Seinfeld has a whole bit about, hey, like women, I can give you the biggest secret about men. I don't know if I should be telling you about this, but like, you want to overthink it most of the time? All right. I'll tell you. Nothing. Like, <laughs> but yep. it's true. And that's okay. zero. Well, Izzy, tell us about day two. Um, so day two was probably my favorite day because um, I, spoiler alert, got a picture with Brooke Rabatou and Natalia Grossman, which was pretty much my highlight of the trip. Was your secret mission that you had for this whole time? It the- was. It was my secret mission because they're my role models in climbing and they're my size. So what's you your know, size? Five, three. And my appendix is small. My appendix is positive. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm pretty much the same dimensions as Brooke Rabatou, and she's an Olympic climber. um, So she's just really inspiring for me. And she's a Colorado girl, and her and Natalia are best friends, and they're both incredible climbers. And um, Natalia is a, I would almost call her like a magical boulderer because she does everything statically, and it's just mind blowing how she can stay so still on the wall. Um, whereas Brooke is very dynamic, which is also inspiring, mm. just in a different way. <laughs> so um, it was very magical that I got to take a picture with the two of them at the end. Um, I had never seen Izzy so determined to do something <laughs> Oh my God. two years of knowing her. She were- is usually so go with the flow, but she was, we're waiting 20 minutes after the end <laughs> of this so that I can take a picture and I can meet Brooke and Natalia. We had to wait an extra 30 minutes in the rain. <laughs> And it was totally fine. I, I didn't mind it all. But. Well, it, I just, it was sprinkling. <laughs> well, it was just funny because they they had barricades from most of the general audience, and then all the teams and all the coaches. But eventually, after the competition, after the, they did all the awards, they opened the barricades and people flooded in. I'm surprised how many people left. I thought there'd be tons of people trying to snag pictures, get high fives and stuff. But we got in there. But then they didn't put the chairs away yet. And Izzy, you're like hopping over chairs and like <laughs> jumping across rows because you saw, you like beelined it towards Brooke because you saw her. And I was trying to politely like scoot things out of the way and not bump into people. It was like a tiger and a gazelle. Yeah. It was just like- <laughs> I was trying not to come on too aggressive, but I was so excited. Like, I, I don't think I've ever been excited about a famous person in my entire life. But apparently, like, this is the thing that I care the most about. <laughs> well, no, I think you did it appropriately because in those situations yeah you don't want to be overbearing but you do have to get in there while you can there could have been other people jumping in to try to snag a picture and you were able to get in there and you talked to Natalia first it was like oh can I get a picture with you and Brooke and like Brooke was with the other people and she I saw it all happen like she got Brooke for you and then they both just all three of you took a picture we'll post it well, it, Izzy's pretty intimidating if you've ever seen her, so I'm sure they were scared out of their minds. Oh, yeah. If I would have tried that, they would have been like, get away, creep. But <laughs> I don't know. If I saw five foot three Izzy come barreling through like, I have to get a picture with you now, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, my God, this gremlin needs, I need to satisfy the gremlin and the fairy. She's like, especially and, when she's, and she's like that determined because she's so sweet and so cute, but she was also like, pure gremlin determination that day. I didn't hear any snarling or anything. No snarling, but she was, I'm going to meet them. We have to stay around to meet them. We're not going anywhere until I meet them. (laughs) Uh, Yes. And when you went up to them, you're polite, cute, butterfly. Yeah, really trying to choke down the gremlin, like, and be, come out with sweet, 
You did. Butteriness. Um, I mean, I knew they were tired from like a full day of climbing. So I was like, I know you're trying to get food. Um, Can I just have a picture really quick? And yeah, it was really cool to see a small snippet of their friendship dynamic too. Like there's something about athletes that's just so calm and collected. I don't know. They're really young. And it was just interesting to see like what a young athlete who is also semi-famous looks like and does and like how they plan things in their future for their future evening and um yeah it was just a really cool up close experience and it was really cool to see the international climbers as well because there were probably like 50 percent of the climbers if not more were way more i think there's only only about three americans on the guy's side and then maybe a few on the girl's side i think it's four or five on the women's well i was saying specifically japanese oh because you Japan has a yeah. monopoly on climbing at this point. <laughs> monopoly of skill on not- climbing. They didn't invent <laughs> climbing or anything. They just are have a bunch of beastly climbers. But I was going to say, I'm, it's good that you're fangirling and like shout out to your moment and everything. I feel like we buried the lead a little bit on the fact oh, that yeah. we went for the climbing competition. You just went straight to after the competition. Yeah, sorry. Well, this is fine. But anyway, we, we don't know. Not every perfect story needs to be chronological. We can bounce around. But... Yeah, that was towards the end of what was an amazing competition to see in person. That was the first time we've all seen one. We watch the YouTube streams all the time, but seeing it in person just adds a whole other level of excitement. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, uh, I was going to say it might be good to talk about the format kind of briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, For those unfamiliar. Sure. Uh, so the day of the competition, they have the semifinals in the... The early afternoon, 11 to 1. They even have quarterfinals the day before, technically. Right. Um, which is which was crazy to me because it's it's uh, there's a wall with about, what, eight boulders? Eight, yeah, eight it's problems. always four, four men's, four women's at all times. They have set up mm-hmm. on the wall. So, yeah, you're right, eight boulders. Yeah, so it's kind of a free-for-all because they just go constantly. Uh, it's just basically every wall has somebody on it at the time. Uh, whereas at the finals, there's they kind of slow everything down, and every uh, every athlete gets to do their own boulder at the time. So everything's you know focused on them. Whereas in these semifinals, uh, it's just kind of a free for all. Yeah, so. and the MC has to kind of highlight on the fly. Oh, Brooks about to top this one. She got the zone. Or go Yoshiyuki from who who was the winner on the men's side from Japan. Spoiler. In- Spoiler. Who I also there. got a fist bump from. And I was going to say, Izzy, he was just walking by after semis, and you gave him a little fist bump. And I was on the phone talking to my friend, and I saw it happen. I'm like, did I just miss Yoshiyuki? <laughs> Yoshiyuki? Josh, it's your fault. If you're listening to this, Josh, I could have gotten a high five <laughs> from one of the greatest climbers on the planet. But I was on the phone. But I saw it at the corner of my eye, and I'm jealous. <laughs> but He was super nice. Yeah. Well, and you, what's crazy is you said... He's only about, what, 5'7", maybe? He was so small. Yes, not much taller than me, but on the wall, he looks tall. Yeah, well, it's because he's so freaking explosive and is one of the best dino climbers I've ever seen. And it's just, it's maddening to me because I'm about six foot, and I bet you he could jump up and grab a higher dino than me just because he's that explosive. And jumping off rocks is different than just a base jump, but still, I'm like, I'm... Almost it pisses me off. He's, <laughs> he's that good, and he could probably grab things higher than me. And he's five inches shorter than me, but he's just so ridiculously good. He was so beautiful to watch climb. It was so fluid and 
calm and collected. And I actually probably enjoyed watching, I don't remember her first name, but Seo from Korea climbing. Yeah. Her climbing was just so graceful. She was actually one of the competing Olympians mm -hmm. in the 2020 Summer Olympics for climbing in the first year. And I haven't seen Seo climb um, in the finals for since the Olympics, actually. And so to get to see her in person in climbing, and I know she didn't medal, but her climbing is just so methodical mm -hmm. and so beautiful. She's just so calm and slow, and she does a lot of things very statically like Natalia does. But She's pretty young, isn't she? Sayo's very young, and she just is so fluid. It's almost like she's water. When you're thinking about how the wind moves things and she just goes with that movement. I think she was probably my favorite female to watch climb. While I love Nonaka, she's an amazing climber. I love Natalia and Brooke. Like I just, the cool thing about climbing is that we're screaming at the top of our lungs for literally every climber on the mm. wall. We want every climber to accomplish everything as best as they possibly can. There is no race. There's no division. There's just... The climber in the wall. The climber in the wall, and we want them to accomplish it. And that's such a beautiful thing about climbing is that it's so universally, like, just so universally connected. It's but like it's like the board games where you all are competing to beat one thing, like together. you're on a team. <laughs> yes. Instead of competing against each other. Yes. Yeah. I mean, everybody, it's essentially everyone beating the wall. And everyone that can beat the wall, no matter how many tries it takes, you're in jubilee when you watch that. The Absolutely. whole crowd, just a wave of, oh. oh I, 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 I kept mocking in semifinals how everybody, the listener can't see what I'm doing. But, like, whenever someone is close to the top and they fall, everyone just, like, throws their head back. It's just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you could literally see 50 people all, like, the same gesture. It was so weird. But, I mean, everybody's that into it. And, yeah, there's no other sport where you want everyone to succeed. And you know only one person's technically going to win and have the fewest attempts. But but you want you, everybody to beat the wall. You yeah. want the climbers from Japan and the climbers from Korea and the climbers from Austria and the climbers from and France the and the Germans and, and, Slovakia. The and the Slovenians and the Americans. And you want everybody to climb the wall to the best of your abilities. And you're so excited when they do. And I think it's just so beautiful. And like the other imagine. Climbers, Imagine you went to a football game and no matter what happened, you just cheered for every <laughs> side. Like, oh, that was a great tackle. Oh, that was a great touchdown. Oh, no, no. Yeah. So. I think it's just a great way to remind us of our humanity, mm. of how connected we all are and how at the end of the day, we're just human beings trying to do the best we can to defeat our own walls in our own life. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, I want to tell Brooke and Natalia, like, you inspire me in more than just climbing. You inspire me to be a... Uh, better entrepreneur follow my passion as hard as you two do like it, so many metaphors in climbing especially in passion and friendship yes. and well, <laughs> there's no greater metaphor than you've been trying to climb this wall you keep falling but you don't give up and you keep you adapt you get creative and then you make your way to the top and it's yeah joseph was uh, you kept raving about uh is it I, get, I keep forgetting Anze? his name. Anze? Anze. The beard. Anze. The beard. This guy. A-N-Z-E. -E. He had the most amazing beard. It, it looked like. <laughs> Not like a full-on huge right. beard, but. 
It was it was like his hair, like the difference between his beard and his hair didn't exist. It was like <laughs> one smooth transition from beard to hair, and it inspired me to want a better beard. <laughs> didn't you say it was like a Lego piece, like that one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Johnny said that. Yeah, yeah, it's like you you have like a hair piece for your Lego figurine, and it's like the beard was connected on. You just put it over the entire head, but it looked look that it didn't look fake. It no, just, it, it, was it was that amazing. pristine looking, and so and he took second, and only because Yoshi had one less attempt, I think. On no, the light, not even. Or? No, um, Anze and Yoshiyuki actually performed exactly the same during the final climb. Oh, yeah. They both had the exact same amount of attempts and tops and um, attempts to the zone. Like they were literally equal in their finals. It was that Yoshiyuki climbed better in the semifinals. Right. And so that is the determining factor in a tie. Um, but I would like to say that when they were getting their medals and Anze um, stood up, Johnny yelled in the middle of dead silence, fear the beard. And, <laughs> and literally no one laughed or acknowledged it. Uh, and it was so sad. But it was so funny. It was like, what's up with this crowd? Like in Hot Denver, crowd. that would have killed. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Ooh, I get no respect. <laughs> I do agree. And. Obviously, we're biased being Denver Knights. Denverites? Denver Knights. Denver Knights. Denver Knights. <laughs> Knights, Knights that represent the land and the realm of Denver. <laughs> but if I feel like instead of having two weeks in a row of World Cup events at Salt Lake, move the second one here to Denver. It's going to be way more hype. Seriously. If you're listening, IFSC. Yes. Move yeah. it to Denver. Really, truly, though, because Salt Lake City and Denver are considered or thought of by a lot of people as sister cities. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more population in Denver than there is in Salt Lake City. You have a better, more robust cultural city for your international climbers to experience and see the United States yeah. as. And you also have a very large climbing community. Brooks from Boulder, it's an important part of the culture here and about the lifestyle here. And I think that they would be pleasantly surprised if they brought one of those World Cup circuits to Denver. Yeah, I mean, we have the biggest climbing gym in the U.S., the indoor, biggest Inglewood, indoor yeah. climbing gym. The indo uh, biggest um, bouldering area. Not biggest gym. Biggest bouldering area. I think, I think it's okay. the biggest square footage gym in the country, or at least it was for a time. When it was built in 2016, they advertise as, like, the biggest gym mm. in the country. But, I mean, Wash but, Park, we, Wash Park would be crowded if – they brought the event. I mean, they, it would be packed and everyone would be so hype if well, they the set thing. up a stage at Wash Park. That was the thing, too, is, I mean, the the crowd was about a third full. I mean, they could have had, uh, you know, they, they had blocked off probably, I don't know, 80 square feet or something like that. Oh, way more than 80 square feet. But for for the park? For the park, yeah. Oh, way more than 80 oh, square feet. Oh, that's way more than 80 well, square feet. Well, what, like 800 square feet or something? I don't know how many square feet. It, it was a large it park. It was like almost... An acre. I, I think say. there was only not an acre. I think there was are probably only a couple hundred people who were watching the semifinals and the finals for the competition. I think that if you had it in Denver, you could probably get at least a thousand people who would sign up to watch. I definitely feel that, and I mm. also feel that Denver is more of a hub. But instead of Washington Park, I was thinking at Fiddler's Green, where you have more of an amphitheater style setting seating, so that there are seats that you can utilize for the coaches and the rest of the competitors who didn't make the finals but the grass 
almost festival style is still in the back row, but then it's on a hill so that everybody can see the whole wall without having to like see through people's umbrellas or having to sit on Johnny's shoulders because she's so (laughs) short. I just, I think it would be a great opportunity for IFSE to gain more recognition as the sport becomes more Mm. competitive and the sport becomes more well recognized and known. Yeah. Well, because while Salt Lake is a cool city, it is just kind of, in the middle, way more in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. It's more, it's of the major cities. It's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty nature, but okay. okay. So Anywho. officially the Pacific pipe climbing gym in Oakland, California is the biggest climbing oh. gym in the U S but a earth Englewood earth, earth treks Englewood is the movement. second biggest, okay. which is now movement. Which is yes, which is now movement. Anyway, that's I like just, Earth Trucks better, but yeah, that's that's just semantics at that point. Whatever. But at anywho, we bid the IFSC to come to Denver. That'll be the <laughs> last declaration I make on this episode, and I think that's a great way to wrap things up for now. We're tired. We want to go to sleep after a fun-filled weekend of travel and rock climbing and tomfoolery and WAP on piano. <laughs> Anyways, so this is Team Team Tango Tango, signing off. off. Like us on TikTok and all of our social media. Bye. Meow.